This is Focal Point for Thursday, the 7th of August, 2008. Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast that shows you how to tap into the power of the internet in your business and your life. Now it's over to your hosts, Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira, for this week's edition. Hello, Chris. How are you going? I'm very well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm happy enjoying the beautiful sunny weather in Perth. <laughs> are you? Because it's not beautiful and sunny in this part of Perth. Ah, right. You're not that far away from me, and yet it is quite bright and sunny, but co- okay. a bit cold. So today we're going to be talking about a technology that we're actually using for this telephone call, for this podcast, which is Skype. And we've used it a bit before. I'm sure that lots of people on the call would have heard about Skype. But today we thought we'd talk about it in a little bit more detail. So, Chris, I guess maybe I'll ask you to just talk a little bit about what Skype is and the, the underlying technology behind it. Sure, Gihan. Well, Skype is a means of making telephone calls over the Internet. Uh, sometimes it's referred to by the phrase voice over internet protocol, which is given the acronym VOI, uh, V-O-I-P, uh, sometimes pronounced VOIP. So it's a VOIP technology, and it's a way of any two people who happen to have a PC with a microphone and speakers and who have got a broadband connection between them, they can use uh, Skype software or another piece of VOIP software to make a telephone call between them. And uh, it's a way of, it it contrasts with uh, the standard telephone system that we use, the plain old telephone system, in that the signal's sent over the internet rather than through the standard telephone system. And I guess a big advantage of it, and it's certainly the thing that caught consumers' attention, is it's free phone calls. You can make free international phone calls even because you'd make it completely through the internet and the only fee you pay is your normal monthly fee to your internet service provider. Yeah, that's exactly right, Gihan. So as long as you've got a good internet connection between uh, the two parties making the VoIP call, then uh, they can be anywhere on the planet. So you effectively get free long-distance telephone calls. Mm, and we have a friend, uh, a mutual friend, Kathleen, Dr. Kathleen Franklin, who's, whose husband is in the army and he's overseas at the moment. He's in Egypt. And Kathleen makes phone calls and video phone calls using Skype and uh, they can talk to each other quite quite easily and apparently the, the quality is quite good even with video. Yeah, that's impressive, isn't it? That Not only can they transmit voice, so that's the standard VoIP, but Skype has an additional feature which is video conferencing and uh, even then they can transmit video signals and voice signals from here to Egypt over the internet. That's right. That's right. For free. For free. That's impressive. When I started this call, I had a quick look when we started Skype, and we've actually got, according to Skype, there are almost 8 million users online right now using Skype right at the moment, which is pretty impressive. That is impressive because Skype was uh, started only a few years ago, back in 2002, by two guys over in Estonia. And uh, so it started from nothing, and now I I guess I I would assume that Skype is the biggest of all the uh, VoIP uh, offerings out there, and there are quite a few of them. We might talk about that later on. So Skype is the biggest and most popular, I think. They've got something like 309 million accounts, and as you've just pointed out, there appear to be about 7.5 million people currently using Skype at the moment. Yeah, and I guess when we say using Skype at the moment, um, I guess what we're really saying is uh, there are probably 7.5 million people who've got Skype enabled on their computers doesn't necessarily mean they're all making phone calls at the moment, but they're probably just start up Skype and it's connected so that they're potentially available for making calls. Yeah. Nonetheless, that's impressive, isn't it? 
It's a lot of people. It's pr- probably more people than we've got listening to this podcast, Chris. <laughs> Fraction more. That's right. Yes. But um, so those numbers are impressive, and uh, as a result, back in uh, the, the fourth quarter of two thousand and five eBay purchased Skype. They paid $2.6 billion, and it was quite a, a big news item back then, and we've, various people had theories about why that uh, why that occurred, and we might talk about that as well later on. But, yeah, those are big numbers, and uh, they attracted some big money when eBay acquired them back in 2005. Yes. Now, I guess the thing is, Chris, that everyone thinks of Skype as free phone calls over the Internet, but over time... Um, Skype has had added a number of other services as well. And probably the most common question that I get asked is how does Skype make money? Because the software is free, the phone calls are free, everything seems to be free. And yet they seem to have a number of other services that, that they do make money from, some of them, and some of them, again, are, are just free anyway. Yeah, that's right. So if you've got a if you've got the Skype software installed on your computer and you're calling another person over the internet on their computer, then those phone calls are free. But uh, as you say, there are a couple of other services, and these are the ones that Skype make money from. One of those is a service called Skype In, and that's where you register a standard landline telephone number with Skype, and then people can call that telephone number from mobiles or from landlines, and then that will call your Skype. Uh, software and you talk using Skype and they talk with whatever phone that they're uh, calling you with and that service, Skype in as it's called, that attracts a fee. I'm not sure how much it is but that's one of the money-making aspects of the Skype service. Okay, so, so the idea with Skype in is just like having a normal telephone line except that instead of picking up an actual telephone handset, you pick up the call on your computer. And Skype has the other thing which is Skype out which is calls in the other direction where from your Skype computer you can actually call landlines or mobiles and again the signal travels through the internet and you get charged a lower fee than if you were um, using your normal telephone line. Yeah, Gihan, that's that's Skype out as you've called it. So if you want to call landline numbers or um, foreign numbers that are landline numbers again, then then there is a charge associated with that. So if you're not calling someone else on a PC, then then you pay some money. Um, do you know what those rates are and how they compare with something like um, standard telephone companies? Right. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of clients and friends who use them. I don't know the exact rates, but it's not very much. Like it's a few dollars a month. And if you compare that with like Telstra, which is our Australian national provider, mm-hmm. I think I'm paying 30 or $40 a month just for the line rental. All right, yeah, I'm just looking at the front page of Skype here, and they've got a pay-as-you-go service and a pay-monthly one, as you've just described. Presumably the pay-monthly is a bit cheaper. But, yeah, 10 euros. I don't know why it's saying it in euros. Uh, but anyway, 10 euros of credit gets you nine hours of calls to landlines at Skype out global rates. That's pretty cheap, isn't it? Nine hours of, of global calls for 10 euros is, um, yeah, difficult to compete with. That's right. And I, uh, I know that I bought phone cards uh, where I've made calls at similar sort of rates. So it's competitive. It's very, very competitive and much cheaper than most local carriers. Wow. Okay. So those are the two main... Um, money-making aspects, Skype in and Skype out, and then everything else is pretty much free as far as I know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there are things like the Skype has now got a teleconferencing service where you can have conference calls. And again, that's 
that's the same sort of rate. So if you're calling computer to computer, it's free. So I've been on a teleconference recently where I think there were about eight or nine people on the conference. We were all calling from our computers, and so it was a completely free call for us, whereas it would have been much more if we'd been trying to use the Telstra service or a number of other paid teleconference services. Okay, and how did the quality of uh, of that that Skype cast, as those t- as teleconferences are called when you're using Skype, how was the quality of the Skype cast in terms of people dropping out or problems with the signal? The, the, the signal was fine, but we did tend to have a little bit of problems with people dropping out. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if it's a, either a very criti- if it's a critical call or if it's something that you really uh, you really care about getting the recording. Um, I definitely wouldn't recommend that. But for us, it was a case of uh, eight or so peers getting together around the country to have a chat about some new project that we were doing. And for that, it was fine. And in fact, the, the guy who hosted the call, probably about five times in that hour, he had to hang up and just call everybody back because there was a problem with like somebody dropped out and then there was some beeping or squeaking noises through the call which interrupted everybody and so we just had to retry a few times before we finally, or not before we finally actually, we had to retry a few times uh, during the hour uh, until we you know, eventually like, we got it okay. Okay. Well, this is an aspect of voice over IP in general, Gihan. It's, it's using the internet protocol to uh, transmit the voice data. And the internet, protoc- the internet wasn't set up as a means of transmitting signals in a continuous, high, uh, uh, a continuous and high-speed fashion. It was set up to just transmit data and it would eventually get there. There were no guarantees on delivery time. And so we do come across these problems occasionally with voice over IP in that uh, if there's congestion on the internet, then the signal can drop out or the signal quality can degrade to the point where we get things like echo and choppiness. And we've experienced that with our podcast, haven't we? That uh, sometimes we get a bit of echo, a bit of choppiness or even uh, signal dropouts. Yes, and it's one of those things that I've often thought about, the difference between using a standard telephone call and using these VoIP um, voice over internet, uh, I guess it's like when you were le- when you were living where you were before, Chris. We were on the other, opposite sides of the city of Perth, and we weren't very far from the city. And if we were, if I wanted to go and visit you where you were before, I'd have to cross the city. And at at certain times, there'd be no cars on the freeway, and it'd be very fast. If I was trying to do it at peak hour, at peak times, it would be a lot slower. And I guess making phone calls over the internet is like that, where you're sharing a highway or a freeway with lots of other traffic. Whereas if you're making a, a standard telephone call using landlines or the plain old telephone system, it's like reserving the whole freeway for the duration of that call, which is great for me if I want to travel from A to B, but it's not so good for everybody else. It's not very efficient because everybody else has to... Uh, has to vacate that line, whereas with the internet, everyone shares the line, and the downside is that at times of heavy traffic, like literally traffic on a freeway, but what we call internet traffic, at times of heavy traffic, it becomes a lot slower for everybody. Yeah, that's right, Keith. And one of the things that we've discovered as a result of that is that um, if you, depending on the quality of your broadband connection, that sometimes if we happen to be browsing at the same time as uh, talking uh, over Skype, then uh, our broadband connections are competing with each other to send web pages to our to our uh, browsers plus Skype uh, voice signals. So we, we generally got a rule of thumb is no browsing whilst Skyping. 
Yeah, that's right. And uh, that, in fact, I discovered that we're, in a in a podcast normally I'd be happily going away and looking at web pages that we're talking about, but now I just stopped doing that because, right. as as you say, that does degrade the quality. And you made an interesting comment, Chris, earlier on, just before we started the call about normal phone lines degrading gracefully. Do you want to just talk about that? Because I think that's a really interesting insight. Sure. With um, the standard phone system, it's it's an analog signal. So your telephone captures uh, an analog signal from the microphone in the handset and then transmits that down to some down to the telephone network, down to the exchange. Once it gets to the exchange, most modern telephone systems are digital, but between the exchange and your handset, it's an analog signal. So any noise or interference tends to be um, audible on the on the um, telephone signal as a bit of static or noise or maybe the volume reduces. But with uh, voice over IP, the signal is digitised at source. So it's at, at the Skype software itself, the signal from your microphone gets turned into a digital signal and from there on, uh, it's digital and it's fairly robust up to the up to the point that the internet's able to deliver it reliably. And then at the other end, it gets um, decoded back into an audio signal. And so it's, it's pretty much digital all the way. So when it works, it's, it's a crystal clear digital signal. But when it um, degrades, it gets choppy and pretty much unlistenable or even drops out. Whereas with the telephone system, it degrades a, a, a bit more gracefully. You get uh, the, the volume level drops or you get a bit of static on the line. Yeah, and I guess that, that thing about it, uh, being digitized as source or not, it reminds me of uh, the olden days, Chris, when we used to have records, which are like those big black CDs, if <laughs> you don't remember them. If you had a scratchy record, it doesn't matter on how good a sound system you played it, you'd hear the scratchiness. And I think that's what you're saying, that with uh, normal telephone lines, from your house to the, to the exchange, it could get scratchy, and it then doesn't matter how good the signal is from there onwards, that scratchiness or that hiss... Um, is always there. And one of the other advantages, Gihan, of a digital signal is that it can be encrypted. So if you are a little bit uh, paranoid about um, about the information that you're sending over voice over IP, then with many of the VoIP clients, and that includes Skype, then the data, the, the signal that's transmitted is uh, encrypted. So it's encrypted by, at the computer level, at, the, at source, it's encrypted and it's transmitted in an encrypted fashion and then it's decrypted when it gets to the other end. So if you're worried about security, then that's a plus. The downside, however, is that it's not as secure as you might think because the software uh, written by Skype is not published and so we've got no guarantees that um, Skype are doing a good job or they haven't built some back doors into their system to allow them or others to uh, have a peek at uh, the voice traffic that's being sent over their network. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because it's a very timely topic. In the last couple of weeks, there have been there's been quite a lot of discussion on the internet about whether Skype has in fact built in what, what the, the word you mentioned is backdoors in other words ways for people to peek at um, what's what's being said and the interesting thing is that it, it sounds like uh, just one of those conspiracy theories that goes around and yet skype has refused to deny that they've done that i see so okay i'd, I'd heard uh, that uh, that buzz but i wasn't entirely sure what was um what was motivating it and the fact that skype have, haven't denied it i guess adds fuel to the fire it does because i think they they came up against the the government in austria who've asked them about this and yeah you'd think that if they hadn't 
uh, you know, it would be one of those things that would be very easy just to say that's just nonsense. We, of course, we wouldn't do something like that, and yet they're refusing to do that, which like to say adds fuel to the fire. Right. Fair enough. Yep. And you made a comment about eBay and their privacy policies, Chris. What, what oh, that that's about? right. Uh, yeah. The other thing is that um, more fuel to the fire is the fact that Skype are owned by eBay, and uh, across the various uh, large internet properties, eBay are considered to have one of the poorer privacy policies. Um, so, if that policy uh, extends to Skype, then perhaps uh, again they're not so concerned about privacy as some um, other internet service providers might be. Yeah, okay. And, and again, it's certainly a grist to the mill of the conspiracy theorists, but who knows, maybe there's some truth behind it as well. Mm, maybe, yeah. Um, you talked about eBay and Skype. I remember a few years ago when eBay bought Skype, there's a lot of speculation about that because, as you said earlier on, Chris, they paid a huge amount of money for it, so about three, uh, more than three billion Australian dollars at the time. And I was just thinking, that's ridiculous. Like, for that sort of money, they could build their own Skype. That's right. And you weren't the only one. Yeah, exactly. And like other people were saying the same thing. It, it just seemed like a ridiculous amount of money, ridiculously high amount of money to pay for an, uh, a bit of software. And uh, eBay's stated claim was that by adding Skype, their whenever there were auctions between buyers and sellers, that they could communicate via Skype. It would be very easy for them to not just exchange emails, but but talk to people. And particularly for people who are buying, they could talk to the sellers and just feel get a feel for whether they were genuine sellers or not. And um, a couple of interesting things happened. First of all, they haven't really added that service. Um, as far as I know, like you've used eBay more than I have, Chris, but as far as I know, they don't have that Skype ability, do they? No, I've not seen, as you say, I use eBay a lot, and I've never seen um, a link between Skype and eBay, and no explicit link. And as you say, even so, they could have built their own uh, voiceover IP system for far less money and integrated that with eBay rather than purchasing Skype off the shelf for a vast amount of money. Yeah, and even if they didn't do that, Chris, I think that if you wanted to add e- uh, Skype capabilities to eBay, it's very easy. I mean, Skype makes it very easy to add the ability for you to call somebody on Skype, they just give you a little widget that you add to your web page, you just mm. paste in something to your web page and you can call somebody on Skype. So eBay didn't have to buy Skype to have that ability. All they had to do was add a little extra field to every auction item where you could put in your Skype username and it would make it very easy for buyers and sellers to talk to each other. So that didn't really seem like a legitimate reason for them buying Skype. I think they bought it because of the database. So they really wanted access to hundreds of millions of people um, who they didn't have access to before. Yeah, I guess I, I guess that, that, that's, that's a reasonable theory. As you say, there, were 300, there are currently 309 accounts with uh, Skype, which is a vast number of people. Um, I'm not sure they've made use of that, Bogey, are you? No, I don't think they have. And in fact, uh, recently, so in the last 12 months, eBay, in fact, wrote off quite a lot of that investment they in did. Skype. So they, they wrote off the value, quite a lot of that value, because um, maybe they realized the database wasn't worth that much or they hadn't figured out how to exploit that database. Yeah. So they, they basically admitted they made, a, they made a mistake when they bought Skype. Yep. Oh, well. <laughs> Their mistake, but we're, we're happy to live with the consequences, I think. Yeah, and if they've got billions of dollars to throw around, well, 
that's up to them. That's right. So we've talked mostly about Skype, Chris, but there, before we finish, let's talk about a couple of the other VoIP services that are available or just in general talk about what's there apart from just Skype. Yes, Gihan, as you say, before we do that, we should mention that uh, there are various plugins available. For instance, the one that we're using at the moment is called Pamela, and that allows us to record our conversation and then use it to generate the podcast. That's right. That's the only one that I've used. So, the, uh, but I, I believe there are other plugins available for other services as well. Right. Yeah. That's. It's again this open open architecture uh, allows people to build these third third party plugins, which is a great idea. It makes uh, Skype a much more attractive um, offering. That's right. So for for us, because we're doing a, a recorded podcast, um, we don't mind too much about the fact that, like, if, even if the line drops out, we just call each other back. It's not live, so we're willing to put up with a little idiosyncras- idiosyncrasies. That of was Skype. Skype, wasn't it? The cause that happened. Absolutely. Okay. Blame the technology. Um, we're quite happy to put up with that because we know that even as we were recording this, there have been times when with the phones ringing in the background and that we had some echoes. But if you're listening to this podcast, you won't hear any of that because I'd have had the chance to go back and edit it out. Yeah, so as you were saying before that, then there are many other VoIP offerings, um, various different clients, including Skype, and they've got various different features uh, that make them attractive or or less attractive, but a tendency amongst the broadband uh, providers in Australia is to also offer uh, a VoIP offering. So, for instance, my service provider is called Amnet, and you can buy an additional voice over IP package where they give you a special broadband modem that you can plug a handset into, and then they've got their own rates for charging kind of Skype in and Skype out services. So if you get one of these systems, you can get rid of your landline and um, just rely entirely on voice over IP. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know if anyone's kind of gone the whole hog and gotten rid of their landline and switched over to VoIP and mobile. Yeah, well, I have got a couple of clients who've done that. And, again, our friend Kathleen has done exactly that. So her broadband provider, IINet, uh, which has been, I think, one of the biggest now pushing uh, in Australia for broadband services is offering exactly that. So Kathleen and David have got this package where they don't have a, they don't pay a, a landline provider anymore. They do everything through their broadband, uh, through the broadband line. That's impressive. Um, another friend of mine, Brandon, who lives in Prague, has used another one of these VoIP services. So he uses Skype a lot. But he also discovered this other service, VoIPdiscount.com, which basically offers free voice-over internet calls and even calls to landlines. So they make their money. Uh, if you call mobiles, you pay a small fee. But again, it's like the Skype out, fairly low rates. But if you don't, for just just for the service uh, to call landlines, you can call landlines free. And there's a limit to how many hours you can use in a month, but he never runs over that limit. So he said he just has to put in $10 or €10 Euro to start with, just so he's got some credit. But that if he never calls a mobile, that, that amount never gets drawn down. Wow, that's that's really cheap. Yeah, like free. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like $10 for sign-up, and then it costs him nothing after that. 
So have Kathleen or uh, Brandon mentioned the quality of service with their the, the VoIP services that they use? Do they find no. the sorts of problems we have with Skype occasionally? No, no, they, they don't seem to. So Kathleen had some problems initially, but that was, sim- that was simply with the ISP getting started and sorting out teething problems. But now this is all sorted out. She finds it as reliable as her normal telephone service was. One thing I have found is that using some of the VoIP services to call teleseminar lines, for example, is sometimes not as reliable. So when I run my monthly teleseminars, I have some clients who call in directly. Um, through their landline, some who call in on mobiles, and both of those seem to work reliably. Others call through Skype or through phone cards, and occasionally they have trouble, so they can't get onto the conference call. Um, and so now, when I when I send out the emails beforehand, I just tell people, look, you can use these services if you want, but if you find they don't work, just hang up and call directly, because that's, that seems to work reliably. Okay, right. Well, yeah, I'd be interested, Gihan, in concluding, I'd be interested in any of our listeners who've, uh, who've taken up VoIP in a, a big way to get in contact with us and let us know their experiences. Definitely, definitely. So if you want to do that, uh, the easiest way to do that is to email me, Gihan, at gihanperera.com, um, or visit the website and uh, make a comment on our blog post because we post all the, all the podcasts on our blog as well. Okay. Anything you'd like to conclude with, Gihan? Yeah, look, I guess just the last thing is if you haven't tried Skype, give it a go um, because you might find that there are services that you would have not done in the past because they would have been difficult or complex or expensive to set up. And you might find that now with Skype, it is feasible. And it's one of those things that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be as difficult as it's always been in the past or as complex or as feasible or as expensive. It can be that you might be pleasantly surprised just what is possible when you use something like Skype or one of the other voice over internet services. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Chris. It's been an enjoyable conversation as usual, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Gihan. Skype you later. You've been listening to the Focal Point Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G-I-H-A-N-P-E-R-E-R-A.com. Subscribe to the podcast, listen to all our past issues, or leave us your comments and questions. We look forward to having you back next time.